Hello, welcome to the Rip Body Podcast. This is Q&A Friday. I'm joined by Coach Matt. Hey, everyone. And um, yeah, let's get stuck straight into the first question. What are your thoughts on eating as often as you want during the eight-hour feeding window as long as you stay on track with the macros? And this is from Kim. All right, so I'm going to let you take this one, but I just want to give a bit of background on this eight-hour feeding window thing for those who aren't aware. So this is the idea that you can restrict the period in which you eat during the day. And then this will help you typically to either maintain or lose weight. Um, I believe it was Martin Birkin that popularized this with his um, lean gains method, um, where people would generally skip breakfast, have a large lunch around 12 have a large dinner around 8 p.m. Some people would have a dinner around uh, another meal around 4 p.m. Um, and then this kind of 8-16 style um, took off. And uh, it was then taken to be, hey, if you skip breakfast and eat within an eight-hour window, you can eat pretty much, you know, whatever you want or as often as you want and you will still and then insert silly claim here <laughs> so um you know often advice starts fairly sensible it then gets taken uh to being um <laughs> anything but um so yeah matt what are your thoughts can we eat as often as we want during an eight-hour feeding window as long as we stay on track with macros? Ah, key point here, as long as we stay on track with macros. Okay, so as long as you're staying on track with your macros, the final outcome, uh, the body composition changes, the weight loss, all of those things are going to be pretty much the same regardless of how you set up your meals. Whether you're eating three meals a day, five meals a day, some snacks, some grazing, it doesn't really matter. What matters is hitting your macro targets and being consistent with that for a long period of time. Now, if you really want to get technical, yes, there's probably some benefit to having multiple protein feedings over the course of the day just for muscle protein synthesis. So you don't want to have all of your protein at once. But aside from that, it doesn't really matter how your, your meals are set up um, in terms of body composition. I do think that the way that you eat um, can have a huge impact on two important things. The first being how you feel on your diet. And the second being how much mental energy it takes to actually stick to your diet. And I think those are two huge things that are going to dictate how long you can stick to the plan and how long you're going to be able to stay consistent. <coughs> because ultimately, if you can't consistently follow your plan, you're probably not going to see great results. And so we always want to think about, you know, long-term what's going to make this as easy as possible. And that's where I think meal timing can have a big impact on your success. So the first thing being how you feel by that, I mean, primarily your hunger signals and how often you're thinking about food and craving food. Um, so your body always adjusts to whatever you're doing. So if you've spent your whole life eating breakfast and then a snack and then lunch and then a snack and then, you know, maybe you go out to dinner or have some dessert later at night, whatever it is, right? If you're eating all day, that's totally fine, but your body's going to expect food every day. Um, if, if anyone listening to this has tried intermittent fasting, you know that in the first couple of weeks, it can be really tough to skip breakfast if you're not used to it. 
But then after a while, you just don't crave breakfast anymore. You probably wake up and you're not even really that hungry. We can definitely train our body's hunger signals. Um, and the benefit to having, you know, let's say three big meals a day versus grazing and having lots of snacks and smaller meals. The problem with having multiple meals is as you progress through a diet and your food intake decreases, so do your meal sizes. So let's say that you end up eating only 1800 calories because you're trying to get really lean for the summer and your food intake is low. If you're eating six meals a day uh, or some combination of meals and snacks, each of those meals or feedings is only going to be like 300 calories, which is really not a lot for most people. Um, yeah, you can sort of stretch that with lots of veggies and things, but odds are you're going to be eating a lot uh, or eating frequently, but not really feeling satisfied or full all the time. And I think that's very difficult to maintain, um, especially when the weekend comes. If you're stressed from work and you want to relax and all you've been eating all week is these little tiny meals, it, it's a lot easier to just want to go have like a huge burger or something to satisfy you, right? Whereas if you have that same 1800 calories split over three bigger meals, not only will your body eventually learn to stop craving food every two hours, but the meals are going to be bigger. They're going to be more satisfying. You're probably going to feel more full in terms of actually sticking to your plan. If we can minimize that hunger, it's going to be much easier. The second benefit to eating fewer meals is the simplicity of planning and actually hitting your macros, right? Um, if the most important thing is sticking to your macros consistently, we want to make it as easy as possible to hit your macros every day. And uh, I mean, I'm not sure from the phrasing of this question if they're talking about eating four meals instead of three. It sounds like they don't have an exact target in mind, which makes me think that maybe they're sort of logging as they go and working the day out as the day unfolds, right? And that can work well. Like That's totally fine if you can hit your macros that way. But it's going to require a lot more mental energy. If you wake up and you only have three meals and you can look at your phone or your meal plan and you know exactly what each meal is, you don't have to think about food. You can go about your day, and then when it's time to eat, you just eat what you've planned and hopefully prepared for yourself already. Super easy, super simple. If every day looks completely different, you're going to have to have a different meal plan every day. And if you're just logging as you go and trying to make it work, I think that gets very difficult if you don't have some sort of structure in place, at least to how often you're going to eat. And so those would be the two big things. Eating fewer meals allows you to eat bigger meals. You can untrain your body from expecting food every few hours, and that will allow you to have bigger, more satisfying meals, even as you get deeper into the diet. And then just with daily execution, simple meals are much easier to plan and prepare. So you can definitely see great results by eating more than two or three meals a day in your feeding window, but I think it just makes it more complicated, especially as you get deeper into a fat loss phase. Yeah, do you have anything else to add, Andy? Yeah, perfect. The only thing I'd add there is that the more meals that you have, the more opportunities you have to mess up the counting of things. And they shouldn't be underestimated, right? Because people are absolutely brutally bad at uh, accurately counting the calories in their food. And this even goes for, you know, registered dietitians, right? <laughs> and so... Um, keeping your meal frequency low not only simplifies your life, it also is probably going to lead to a better result because of that. You're reducing the number of times that you can make a mistake with your counting. So bear that in mind too. All right. Yeah, thanks for the question, Kim. All right, next question. Hello. 
Are there specific training programs for bulking versus for cutting? Or can the same type of training be used for both of the phases? Thank you. And this is from Mateo. 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 I like that name. Great question. So are there training programs for bulking and cutting? If you were to go onto Google and Google training programs for bulking and training programs for cutting, you will find training programs for bulking and cutting. Why? Matt, why does that happen? People are really good at marketing. Right. So if people want it, people will sell you it, right? The the way to make money is not to educate people on what they should want. It's just to give them what they already want. Now, (laughs) the reality of it is, is that the training program that you're using when you are bulking can be used as you transition into maintenance and then into a cut. The difference, of course, is that you are no longer in a calorie surplus. And so your ability to handle that training volume, recover from that training volume, and grow is hampered. In fact, you're probably not going to be growing any significant amount of muscle when you are now in this cutting phase. And you may come to a point where you struggle to recover from the level of training volume that you're using, and you may need to cut back on your training volume. Now, how do you know if you're struggling to recover? Well, I wouldn't measure this by whether your lifts are still progressing. I think your lifts are going to stall, frankly. Um, unless you're fairly new to training. Um, After you've been through a bulking phase, right? Um, Your lifts are probably going to stall at that point, but that's not what I would say is not recovering. Um, It's when you start to ache, um, feel a bit run down, um, when the soreness is getting more and more pronounced, Um, it's lasting for longer. At that point, that's when you probably need to cut back your training volume a bit. Not Google around and find a quote-unquote cutting program. Um, It could be just a case of pulling out a couple of accessory exercises, reducing the a number of sets that you're doing of your compound exercises. You might start by doing one set less of your horizontal and vertical pressing and one set less of your uh, horizontal and vertical pulling um, and one set less of your squat and hip hinge pattern (laughs) pattern movements, right? Um, It could be as simple as that and then seeing how you go. This is how I tend to think about it. Yeah, that's how I'd recommend that you think about it as well. The other thing uh, to bear in mind where this cutting versus bulking routines comes from is that there's this lingering myth of big heavy weights to bulk, lighter weights, um, higher rep sets, lower rest periods to cut because that's what helps get you diced. But <laughs> that's just nonsense. Um, it's just not. I don't even have anything further to say there. 
Uh, Matt, <laughs> any thoughts on this one? I don't have anything to add. I think you covered it really well. Um, I think the biggest difference is maybe the training volume if you can't recover as well when you're in a deficit. But aside from that, everything else should be pretty much the same, whether you're bulking or cutting. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for the questions. If you'd like to ask a question, please send us an email, podcast at ripbody.com, and we will answer on our Q&A Fridays. Thank you. Peace.